0: So, in this edition of our Q&A series, we're talking just among the three of us. Normally, we're going to have our friend Jeff join us for post-episode Q&A sessions, but this time, since this episode was kind of Elliot's idea to talk about AI, uh, we're going to let him lead the Q&A.
1: Oh, do I have questions. so ai uh when you look at the development of what's what's possible like what might be coming down the pipe there's kind of a few premises that that somebody could thoughtfully set up that you know if true would be really interesting for humanity so i want to just kind of lay out the kind of the basic structure of of what that type of a future could look like just briefly and then Ask us to suspend disbelief for a moment, and if this is if there's a non-zero chance that this could be mm-hmm. what comes to pass, it seems like anything above a zero chance is worth the conversation. Oh, is just when like it, a Pascal's implications... wager kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. So let me just lay this out, and then Pascal. I've got I've yeah. got uh, just a small handful of questions to that I, I'd love to hear each of you respond to, and this can be enlightening form, or if it gets longer, that's fine too. So. Sure. All right. So AI right now is already a black box and this is one of the big conversation pieces. So the explainability of AI, uh, it's, it's kind of this double-edged thing in order to, to receive the full benefit of AI, we kind of have to take our hands off the reins because it's going to come to conclusions and solve problems in ways that aren't humanly possible. It's recognizing patterns. And, uh, so this is, this is where the alpha go Hmm. thing. Like you, you, Just don't tell it anything and you give it a goal and however it gets there is what happens but if we had defined the path it wouldn't have actually been as good so if we have to take our hands off of ai in order for it to reach its ultimate end like that's so that's one kind of pillar i would set up Mm -hmm. then there's the idea that we haven't yet we haven't yet done this uh at least at a, a large scale level but ai will eventually get to the point as we take our hands off the reins where it will need to be the one to improve itself rather than us programming. You take the current intelligence of of this system, you turn it on itself so it, it now can self-improve, it gains greater intelligence, and now you apply that greater intelligence to that cycle once again. Yeah. And it creates this loop that sends us on an exponential accelerating trajectory towards super intelligence that, that would make for that AI to explain to us why it's doing what it's doing or where its motivations are coming from or anything Mm -hmm. Uh, like explaining to an ant how to build a skyscraper like bending down on the sidewalk and trying to have that Mm -hmm. dialogue like it just is that it will be that far different from us in our intelligence and our comprehension so we've talked about i I mentioned before for the rest of history we've only ever known to interact with something that is omnipotent omniscient Mm -hmm omnipresent uh i guess unless you guys do more takedown episodes on these terms like, <laughs> like these these are the things we've traditionally defined as god so uh at the point where something else could start to fit those labels like that has to mean something so so it's difficult to know how super intelligence would begin to develop its own motivations and shaping reality in, in ways that are really hard to anticipate right now but in a world that is super connected, so where economies and utilities and supply chains and militaries and media and every connectivity itself is all controlled by whatever this thing is, it's not unreasonable to to think that this would lead to a, a thing that controls everything as every aspect of life and then whatever it wants to have happen would happen. So if everything goes well, this could ultimately lead to something that resembles human immortality if ai decides that it's going to be a good idea to solve medicine and climate change and biology and like just go right down the list uh it could maintain our humanity or at least our consciousness indefinitely so that's that's one way or on the flip side it could be our extinction event if it decides that uh, actually the problem is the humans The whole climate would just be better off without the weight of this pesky species so yeah non-zero chance that it goes one of those two directions so let me just ask now a couple questions that would kind of play out one of those scenarios or the other i'd love to hear your response so so how should christians relate or maybe is there a point where they should resist the rise of a godlike being Mm -hmm. so should we see this as like this is a tower of babel moment from which we should abstain even if the outcome is ultimately good.
2: Yeah. Um, it's hard to answer a question that, like, um, there's so many multipliers and factors built into mm-hmm. your endgame scenario that um, what, I, what we just heard from Derek sound unlikely for a long, long time because computers are still... AI is still doing what we tell it to do. Um, and it has parameters and boundaries around what it, what it thinks about. Yeah. It's very categorical, right? You're talking about something that all of a sudden transcends those categories and can think and build on its own. Um, so I would like to that. I wish you would have asked that of Derek is what I want to <laughs> say. <laughs> but as far as will there be boundaries that we will as Christians say we can go this far and no further? I think probably, yeah. I think so. I think um, thinks spiritual movements and religions they get trashed all the time for destroying the world and all the wars being blamed on religion all that stuff and some of it is true but some of it is an overestimation because I think people in religious and spiritual communities have been kind of the um, in some ways the the ethical heart of humanity mm-hmm. and said ask questions when slavery whatever you know yeah so I do think that we should be engaged. I do think that we as Christians, as followers of Christ, should be in on these these conversations and we should be at the boardroom meetings. We should be, and this isn't like the domains of like, let's be involved so we can take over the world. It's just, I think I want to hear from more people like Derek Sherman and people who are thoughtful, but also faithful people, um, because I do think we're going to be hit with a lot of ethical and moral questions about how much is too much and when should we stop pushing the button that says that keeps going forward um and i think from listening to derek it sounds like we have more control of that than the the doomsday scenarios like you just mentioned kind of play out that that's um more it's both likely and unlikely but i'm stumbling my way through saying yes i think we should Mm -hmm. be ready to hit that like nope that's that's too far we shouldn't do that that's that's not going to be good for humanity even though there's many a million reasons why it might be Hmm. um and i think we're faced with those choices all the time when it comes with violence war guns you name it the depressing thing is when you when you mention guns and how much christians have fought against regulating guns there's a million reasons behind that as well and hopefully it's different with ai um vaccines you could go down the list but um
1: yeah, my hope in regulation being something that somehow contains AI, like when you look at how effective we've been at regulating something as like a single channel as social media. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't leave me hopeful that a revolutionary technology, like it's been mm. over a decade now of social media having its way with our brains. And, and yet we still haven't, we're not even close to figuring out what do we do to actually channel this technology in a helpful way for humanity.
0: Yeah. Um, So hopefully we'll have learned some lessons from all of those failures that will help in this. But that is optimistic.
2: As we were talking through with Derek, um, historical technological advances, electricity being uh, created or telegraph being uh, invented, all the things you know, like people were freaking out when machines could sew things. You know, in the early early. 20th century saying this is going to be take all our jobs away and all that mm-hmm. stuff. We will always be having those conversations. I think whether it's AI or the next developments um, and always, I think like we should be at a moment where we have all this information and we don't have half of our country believing in conspiracy conspiracy theories and in, yeah. in, in lies basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that we have all this technology. We have all this ability to find out what's true and what's real and we choose to ignore it so part of me also thinks that we might be the limiting factor in how far yeah i might go because we choose to believe lies sometimes yeah
1: and to to tip my hand this is i asked this question because i'm an ai optimist and i do think i i I think a lot like you said kyle like this could be the thing Uh, just like you put all of those other technological advancements together and the quality of life that we experience the Mm -hmm. lifespans and just the comfort that we experience are so far above what it's been for the rest of history like i i do see that I, I think ai brings us even further along that line like the biggest danger i see with ai like realistically i guess aside from extinction is it <laughs> we all just get really soft because life is so good and comfortable like that's yeah, those are the worried. types of questions i would think well, okay. So, about okay so
2: and let me just let me just give a disclaimer i just said that half the country you know believes in false information and conspiracy theories that's not the truth the reality, though, is that half the country voted for a person who mm-hmm. supports those things. But I know that not everybody believes it. Right. But, like, rumors. shockingly
0: large numbers of people do yeah. straightforwardly yeah. believe yeah. conspiracy theories. Yeah.
2: Half of our religious tradition, I guess.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, more
0: than
2: that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: you want me to move on, or do you want to muse on this, Kyle?
0: Oh, there were other questions? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I wanted to ask Randy um, about the Babel analogy and what you thought of that. Like, what... Do you think this is that? Does what does Babel actually? What is that story actually about? I like. It seems unlikely to me that it's a a kind of um, cautionary tale about human ingenuity. That's how it's often read, but I don't think no. That's what
1: I'll, it is. I'll like so the the Sunday school answer I'll give that, and then you can like show me where it's wrong. Like this was people trying to get to God with their own strength, like trying to to be to to transcend.
2: Yes, and right? I have to. I didn't think about this going in, obviously. So I, you know, but, but John Walton, a former guest, he wrote about this, and I read this in his commentary that he, the Tower of Babel is probably a ziggurat, and ziggurats right. were built to to bring us closer to God. And the Tower of Babel, the idea is, let's get God to come to us. And hmm. That, hmm. so there's there's more to the co- Tower of Babel besides God just confusing human right. language. it seems anti-intellectual
0: if you read it that way, and that just seems like that can't be the reading
2: yeah there's more to it I'm just not at a place where I'm yeah. remembering or qualified to answer that right like now. I don't see okay.
0: any anti-intellectualism in what I would consider essential Christian thought and I know that's like dangerously close to a, a fallacy that I want to avoid but like I don't read anti-intellectualist strains in the Bible when I read the Bible um, I see a lot of it in Christian traditions but I don't see like essential moves to stop human evolution no and in fact, I, I read the New Testament as kind of the opposite of that, Yeah, as like encouraging evolution, moral evolution mostly, but I don't think it has to stop there. I think it can be more holistic than that. And so I'm like you, I'm very uh, tech optimistic and I view AI as uh, kind of a second order technology in the sense that it doesn't have any purpose on its own other than to augment other technologies. Mm-hmm. Like it's fun to chat with or whatever, but that's not the point. It's to make other things better. And so I think if we can, um, as I said in the interview and I'm getting this from um, Dan Dennett, so take that for granted (laughs) for for what you will. But um, I think he's right. Like you should keep AI a series of tools rather than trying to replicate human nature. Hmm. Um, You know, the difference between somebody like Dan and somebody like Derek is that Derek would say we never could do that. Dan would say we probably can. We just shouldn't. (laughs) It's a bad idea. And maybe, you know, maybe most people wouldn't actually want that. Um, I don't think I would want that. I think some tech billionaires might want that and might overestimate how many other people do. Um, And so I think maybe an obvious key is to keep that decision out of their hands um, and to make AI a series of really interesting tools. There might be some black box stuff going on. That's something I wanted to ask him about, but we didn't get to. Uh, But it doesn't, you know, it can be bounded, right? We Mm -hmm. can still decide the functions that it's aimed at. It doesn't have to just be blank check. Do whatever you want. Like it can always be. Here's a series of problems that we want solved. Here are uh, the tools we're willing to grant you to solve them, and then we draw a line. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're we're not actually trying to make a human brain, or we're not actually trying to make something that I could be someday.
1: Yeah. Okay. So again, remember the premise. Like there is a non-zero chance, and so let's walk right up to the edge, look mm-hmm. over it, and see what we see. So if AI gave you the prospect of eternal life Mm, yeah so either embodied or uh your consciousness maybe occupying you know and just recycling biological forms as they age out but you get to continue so would you take it and how would you think about this when we're supposed to go be with jesus when we die instead of just continuing
0: yeah this one's easy for me so i mean my um my eschatology is so vague and like thin that there's lots of room for possible interpretations of what it means to say Jesus is coming back. Um, And I've long thought that some kind of moral progress is the most important element of that. And that whether Jesus comes back literally, physically or not, in some sense, Christ returns when humanity is worthy of Christ. um, When we have um, Taken when we have embodied his character, when we've practiced theosis, essentially. um That's my view. So, if an instrument on the way to that is some kind of artificially extended lifespan, sign me up. <laughs> all right. <laughs> v- very interested in that. um Don't see any obvious, like, cr- you know, uniquely Christian objections to it. There are obviously all sorts of qualifications you'd want to put on it about really terrible things you could do with that or putting that kind of power in the wrong hands or, you know, rampant inequality, whatever. Um, but as far as, is there anything worrisome about that from a Christian perspective? As far as I understand what Christianity is, I don't see anything. All right.
1: so we're uploading, Kyle.
0: I. I. Yeah. Right. Well, well, here's the thing. Like, upload implies some kind of disembodied thing yes. right now, but in the future it might not, right? So um, I don't want to be in uh software but i'm very interested in having a longer life (laughs) so there are many many ways one could approach that yeah
2: yeah no um i mean if eternal life looks like living in a computer don't upload me i I don't want it. but um and also that question comes with like what what does quality of life look like because Mm -hmm. i mean i've known and loved many 90 some year olds who are ready to die because mm-hmm. their experience on earth is just something that they don't enjoy anymore. And they're actually just like, I've, I've had a good life. I'm ready. Um,
1: no, at the point where we can put you in a computer, we can give that
2: thing a great time. right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, And that's where I'm with Kyle. I'm not interested in a disembodied reality. Um, I think part of what it means to be human and part of what I love about h- being human mm-hmm. is an embodied experience of reality is tasting things and touching things. And, um, you know, hearing the crack of a bat at a baseball game that I went to today and, um, enjoying the, the celebration Mm -hmm. with 38,000 other human beings and my family and all that stuff. And if I don't get to experience that, if I'm just going to live consciously in a, in a program somewhere, that's, that's not a reality. If you
1: do, if you do get to experience all that, then you hit the forever button
2: maybe there's some that's one of those questions i cannot answer off the cuff yeah it just i it
1: has such theological implications like the like if you do that then how does the whole like gathering around the throne at the end thing work and like mm-hmm. we we go be you with jesus or are you part of the resurrection <laughs> <laughs> that's well
2: first of all those are metaphorical symbolic images um that the book of revelation again is not this literal mm-hmm. it, you know his Literal, sometime in the future, it's going to happen exactly like this. It's all symbolic and metaphorical imagery, so we can, mm-hmm. with, with uh, eschatology, know that. But also, um, yeah, Christians are supposed to affirm life, mm-hmm. in I think in pretty much all ways, and hopefully these conversations are formed and shaped around that kind of ethic of we affirm life, we strive to to better life and to make choices that actually lead to life and if AI, if technology can help us in that regard and it already has right like we're living longer lives than people hundreds of years ago um why wouldn't we say yes
1: Mm -hmm. you want one more or are we done sure all right so last one if we come to realize that now we're on the cusp of extinction it actually all went terribly wrong ai has decided to end humanity (laughs) (laughs) So how might we reconcile this with things like the coming of the kingdom of God? Like this plays a little bit on the last question. Like, is there a spot where you push whatever AI could do far enough? Does it run headlong into our eschatology in a, in a way that, that breaks anything? So now, now we're all going extinct. Like we're all going to die. The earth blows up, whatever, whatever happens that we were
2: wrong about the soul Christianity thing. Well,
1: would we still be or do we just do we die and go be with jesus or is there like how the coming of the kingdom of god does it does it require this ultimate culmination into i guess non-extinction would need to be a part of a good outcome
2: i mean i think you could and we've had kind of adjacent conversations to this before but like i think you would have to choose whether like is christianity a religion that is I think Christianity biblically is a religion that's moving somewhere good that mm-hmm. we're heading towards new creation and this is a all of scriptures and especially the New Testament an idea that is clear that like God is has redeemed hum, all things and we're in this in the course of that working itself out. So if we're sitting there and we're like, okay, this is the last year for humanity, then I would say yep that was we were wrong about that. Um, that's kind of Christianity if that's not the case then Christianity is wrong in one way but in the other way like the mm-hmm. Jesus way living loving in all, in all the ways like Jesus that's something that I don't think is tied to a certainty of whether Christianity is real or whether the scriptures are reliable or whether new creation and new in the kingdom of God is going to come and be, be a thing mm. the so then it would, for me, it would just jump to like a way of living and an ethic of like, I love Jesus way. I'm a Jesus follower. It's kind of like the, um, who's the, the guy in India, Gandhi, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> kind of Gandhi, but they're, whatever. We'll have to edit the yeah. stupid, <laughs> thing. but then it just, the Dalai Lama? Lama, the Dalai Lama. <laughs> yeah. Um that's then it Gandhi's just becomes brother. then it becomes that. <laughs> <laughs> that's when it becomes like I'm following a guru named Jesus yeah, for me. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Mm. Yeah. So that's it re- that's really interesting that it goes it goes there for you before it goes to the like whatever I'll fly away, earth's burning anyway, I'm just headed to heaven. Like it doesn't go there for you. It it goes straight to like that's yeah, this is this is an ethic we must have been wrong about the the coming of Christ. I'd be
2: i'd be pretty confused yeah as a as a christian if um the world doesn't head towards new creation and and hmm. heaven and earth coming together like that's that's such a central theme for in christianity that if if it's like turns out we were wrong about that i think yeah. then we might be wrong about it a lot of things
1: so then i can add whatever conviction i have about what you just said to my tech optimism and say like <laughs> really this can only go good.
2: <laughs> Perfect. I'm glad I
0: so affirmed that point. Of faith. Yes. That's interesting. That has to do with what we're asking Tom about where we both differed from him cuz he thinks it can all go bad and there's no guarantee cuz God can't guarantee it. Right. <laughs> there's right. nobody else to guarantee it. Um yeah, I've never thought of that as like a, a way to falsify Christianity, but I guess it makes sense. I mean, that would. How would you ever know that? How would you ever know that you're at the point until you're dead? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Where? Because as far as any individual is ever going to know, it could still work out. (laughs) No, this is like uh,
1: after the oxygen has left. Thoughts. You're just kind of waiting it out at that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I guess I've never. um, I need to think about this more carefully. I've never thought of an apocalyptic future scenario as being in conflict with an overall optimistic christian take because the christian views of resurrection and you have to die before you can be resurrected so there's got to be some way that it goes bad right unless you think resurrection is just a metaphor
1: if you haven't been thinking about this what have you been doing since chat gpt came out <laughs> 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 yeah yeah i don't know thanks for uh thanks for playing along mm-hmm. it's this is, this is fun. And I think it does help like even just kind of finding our way into the conversation seems like the first step and who knows if this ever becomes something beyond a hypothetical. Yeah. But since there's a non-zero chance, I thought we should.
0: And if it happens in the next 10 or 15 years, we're going to seem super like smart and prescient. (laughs) People are going to think we were really onto something. Our podcast is going to blow up. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I think Elliot, one more thing to what you were saying. Like for me, it just, it comes down to, there is a point where I would stop being a Christian, where I would say, I mm-hmm. think this is wrong and facing a apocalypse and, you know, the end of, of humanity would be one of those occasions where I would be like, I'm going to choose not to have faith anymore that the Bible is correct mm-hmm. because this seems so categ- categorically opposed to what I hear in the scriptures that I think it's, I'm, I'm just done with it. Yeah.
1: Again, that's just so, I I see where you're coming from, but the apocalyptic end is a pivotal piece of so many people's theology Mm -hmm. that for that to be the thing that,
2: yeah, it's, it's only if we've been beamed out and raptured.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: I guess. And then I'd just be depressed that God really is like that. And, (laughs) <laughs> he's going to condemn a majority of human yeah. beings and going to rapture the, the good ones out I don't think I'm going to get raptured if that's the case
0: right Yeah. be <laughs> no, really confused not. if you found yourself there <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that was unexpected maybe I get grandfathered in because of my family
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. alright right. thank you
2: thanks for listening to this Q&A session. We love this kind of dialogue. So if you have questions, you can email us at
0: pastorandphilosopher at gmail.com. And if you submit a really good question, it might end up in one of these Q&A segments. And if you really want to go deeper, subscribe at our top tier on Patreon and just have all the chats with us you want. Cheers. Cheers.